Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the Manager Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome back to Cannabis Daily for Wednesday, January 12th. If you like what you see, check out the rest of our channel with our full Business of Cannabis archive. And because this is YouTube, I'm, ob I'm obligated to ask you to smash the subscribe button just below. For those new to Business of Cannabis since 2017, we've highlighted the company's brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry. And that's what we look to do here every day. First, we'll run down the key stories we're following, then go to a cannabis conversation in our B of C Live segment. Today's B of C Live conversation, we're joined by Casey Hilteman of the Bud Tenders Association to discuss the critical role Bud Tenders play in helping cannabis consumers understand cannabis brands. We'd love to hear from you in the comments and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all of our social channels on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Before we get going, we encourage you to check out two upcoming events we're having at Business of Cannabis. First, our retail series in January on the 26th, presented by Leafly and Vitrina. We'll be looking at inventory planning for 2022 for cannabis retailers. Then in April, April 6th to be exact, our Business of Cannabis Miami event, where we'll go deep on cannabis retail tech, design, and data. You can find out more information in the description below. For today's stories, Washington's cannabis industry, California's cannabis supply chain, Illinois' cannabis sales soar, and one of UK's few canna-friendly banks have changed their tune. Our first story. From job creation to taxation, Washington's Canna Business Association and High Peak Strategy conducted the first economic analysis of the cannabis industry for the nine years it's been legal in Washington State. That, according to MJ Biz. The industry created 18,000 plus jobs over the nine year period, generated almost $900 million in income, and generated $2.6 billion in revenue. In 2020, there were 1,600 cannabis businesses and 2,800 cannabis licenses. Revenues grew 23% from 2015 to 2020. The downside, well, Washington's 37% excise tax rate on adult-use cannabis is the highest in the U.S., and you combine that with sales taxes, it's a whopping 46.2% tax on cannabis, which could send price-conscious concert shoppers to the illicit market, which it no doubt has. For our second story, California's embattled industry is facing yet another challenge, supply chain gridlock. There are, this is according to MJ Biz, there are a few COVID-related issues creating the backlog, including labor shortages, shipping and delivery delays, rising prices on materials and services. One company they highlighted in the story, Harris Supply, reports that shipping container costs from India have jumped 733%. For our third story, it's only been legal in Illinois for two years, but adult-use cannabis sales doubled to $1.3 billion in 2021, that according to Fox. Sales reached $670 million in 2020. 25% of the cannabis sales tax goes to a program designated, designed to right the wrongs of the war on drugs, and the other local governments also receive a portion with some reserve to fund crime prevention strategies. Now for our final story, one of the only banking institutions willing to work with the UK's burgeoning CBD industry is now closing cannabis-related business accounts, according to BusinessCan. This is not good news. According to clients of the Metro Bank, they received notice in December that it's, quote, it's closing, quote, every account that is in any way connected to the CBD sector. 
The bank declined to comment, but said it has the right to suspend, stop, or reduce a service, facility, or account to account holders who don't adhere to a terms of service. According to Stephen uh, uh, Murphy, who is the CEO of Prohibition Partners, he thinks banks are still trying to understand the industry. There's still this lack of clarity of their treatment of cannabis and understanding of the legal position towards cannabis. That, according, again, to Prohibition Partners CEO Stephen Murphy. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all of these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Now, coming up next on our B of C Live segment, we have a conversation with Casey Hiltemann of the Bud Tenders Association. Casey, thanks for being here. Jay, thank you very much for having me. Nice you to win see the you. you win the best hat of the year award so far. Thank you very much. I like a it a lot. A Mexican treasure. Yeah, did you? Is it from Mexico, or did you get it this side of the country? It is. All my hat collection mostly comes from Mexico. Okay. Wow. See, that wasn't part of the initial part of the conversation, but I do like it. And especially the under, I don't know what to call it, but like the design under the brim. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the feather. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I know uh, one of our viewers, Corey Herskew, will be jealous. Um, Casey, we're, we have you on because uh, I want to talk about the Bud Tenders Association. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you sort of came to the cannabis industry. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you, Jay. Um, I'm from Amsterdam originally, so I've always had a strong passion for cannabis um, and facilitated safe access to it for many, many years. In 2016, I read an article about Canada being one of the first countries to legalize it. So coming from a business background, being in sales across a variety of industries, including uh, hospitality and health and wellness. It just seemed like a perfect fit. So uh, Googled the most mild climate in Canada. It was Vancouver. Booked a ticket. Applied for a passport actually as well. Booked a ticket and then flew over um, and started working as a bud tender in Vancouver in the legacy market. Wow. That's a pretty... Uh, that's, that's where kicked off oh that's that's a wild story hey they're legalizing weed in in canada let's get there and where's the where's the most livable place in terms of climate and head to vancouver and so from there you land in vancouver you're a bud tender at a legacy shop like what's what's been the path since since then yeah, for sure. So from there, um, I had the opportunity to gain a lot of insight into the industry, the different product formats that were coming out. Um, and immediately it became apparent that there was a need for education. Um, but also really, uh, I had the ability to help a lot of the sales teams um, with business strategy as well. So I worked with several um, dispensary owners to open up more locations. Um, from there, I started a solventless concentrate company called Duchess Extracts, uh, and I also did a lot of brokering from Vancouver Island to the mainland, so I got to really experience all of the wonderful products that BC was offering. Um, and in 2018, my cousin called me 
and asked me if I wanted to start a cultivation facility. And I thought that was a brilliant idea. So I moved to Ontario. We got a 70 acre property and we started building out a facility, um, got investment. And then we ran out of our funds pretty quickly at that point. And the project got put on hold for a little bit because that was around 2019 when everyone got really scared again after all of the initial investments. Um, so I took on a role with a, an amazing company called Trek Brands um, and oversaw sales nationally for them, um, in which time I really had the opportunity to travel Canada, which was amazing. Um, but also most importantly, visit all of the provinces and all of the stores um, and meet bud tenders, building relationships with them and, and providing them with tools and resources um, for education and just general opportunities and events. And that led me to bud tenders associations. So that's a, the path in a nutshell. I love the path. It's the stuff of a movie, frankly. Um, <laughs> talk a little bit about what the Bud Tenders Association is and sort of its its place in the sector. And then we'll talk a little bit about sort of what you think the future holds. Yeah, for sure. So Bud Tenders are obviously an extremely important piece to the puzzle in the supply chain, especially in Canada, Canada with the way that the regulations are set up. Um, and I saw that very quickly having started as a bud tender and not having access to the resources that I needed and then being on the other side of it and really uh, trying to, you know, educate and share knowledge with, with the communities. And in my time doing that, realized that there wasn't a centralized location or resource where bud tenders could turn to to really access all of this education. Um, so we're a community first. And second, we're a cannabis research company. We have a members only community with 2,200 certified members across Canada right now and growing. Um, and it's just a place where people can connect with other members, um, attend events. They have exclusive access to different opportunities. Um, and we really help bud tenders connect with the brands that they represent and sell every day. They're the key to this whole thing. And we, I, we talk about a lot of business of cannabis, but, but so many consumers, uh, well, even every time they go to the, the, the cannabis store or the dispensary, they don't know what they're, what's in front of them or what they can, but the bud tender sort of that connective tissue. And even for return customers or first time customers, maybe especially, it's like you rely so much on that person. Even when I go to my you know, the, the 17 stores that are in walking distance of my house in Toronto, like understanding what products they actually have on the shelves in that store is absolutely critical, especially when there's new offerings and especially when there's new form factors. Um, it's so critical. And so what, when you're talking about sort of your 2200 members, like what, what do they tell you? Like, what is, what is the experience of a bud tender like in the legal market here in either Ontario or Canada wide? Well, challenging, and um, I think they've been forgotten quite a lot until now. We're seeing that shift happening slowly um, and that realization of really how important and, uh, you know, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Well, they're really integral. It's like it's they, they're the whole thing. They make the whole operation run. Yeah, exactly. And we're seeing that a lot more now. Um, but but tenders are underpaid, you know, um, they require a lot of knowledge. 
um, and experience, and they have a lot of consumer experience in, in their hands as well. So when we talk about destigmatizing and normalizing and the consumer walking into a store with very little knowledge and relying very heavily on the bud tender to um, give them everything they need and hopefully have them walk away from the store with the experience that they came in um, and that they're looking for. It is a very challenging role. And just like any frontline retail style um, the position or uh, job, uh, there's also a lot of difficult customers that come in. <laughs> that is for sure. And I, there's been a bunch written up. This, the, the pandemic has made people even more of a pain in the ass. Um, uh, in when they leave their homes, uh, talking to people, frontline retailers. And, and it's all of those things. And I think two things. One, there's specialized training you actually need and coursework you need to be allowed to sell, right? Can sell in Ontario and other places. The other is like very few frontline retail uh, uh, people are sort of gagged by what they can say. And there's only so much a, a, a bud tender's allowed to say about certain topics from it. Like it's really a, a fine line and, and, a, and a, a needle to thread for some bud tenders when people come in saying, I want help sleeping or I want, you know, I have pain and, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, it is a challenging environment for bud tenders in the current regulations in Canada. Yeah, and what we're trying to do with that is twofold. Um, so really provide bud tenders with compliant tools to be able to navigate conversations around CBD, for example, which is one of the um, most challenging. And then also we're taking the approach of educating the consumer as to what questions they should be asking and how they can formulate those questions so that they can be compliantly responded to and they can actually get what they need out of that conversation. Well, Casey, I'm going to, uh, as we post this video as well, we're going to show people how to get in touch with you because I think you're providing a, a valuable connection point to the, I think the most critical sort of consumer interface, obviously with bud tenders, but also the work that you're doing with bud tenders to understand sort of their needs, what they need to be, you know, the education that they need, but also sort of the connective tissue to connect uh, bud tenders with the products and brands that are on shelves. So as we post this, we'll post how to get in touch with you and, and thanks for being here and, uh, Thank you for sharing the story behind your hat, but also your travels to Canada and sort of how you enter the industry. It's fascinating. So Casey, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. That was episode eight of Cannabis Daily. Thank you for joining us here today and all week on YouTube. Please do subscribe and we will see you tomorrow.